can you pass me a bottle of water? I'm I'm dying of thirst, Jar Jar. Yeah, no, one sec. Um, well, I'm looking here, but I I can't seem to tell the difference between the nitroglycerin bottle and the water bottle. What? Uh, well, all right, seriously, well, uh, well uh, there's no way I'm driving all this way without water. Mm, well, chance it? Yeah. All right, here we go. Thanks. <clears throat> It tastes, tastes kind of funny, but I, th I think it's water. Oh, thank God. I nearly crapped myself. <laughs> you know, after drinking the water, I realize I'm, I'm starving. Can you pass me one of those burritos we bought? Yeah, sure thing, man. Wait. Oh, no. Oh, what now? Oh, well, I, I can't tell the difference between nitroglycerin burritos and the bean burritos. Why do we even have both on this uh, truck? What are the chances? I mean, uh, Alright. Well, there's nothing to eat around here uh, for like a day or two, so... Well, chance it again, I guess. Yeah, I'm thinking so. Uh, you know, whew, it's a little spicy, but I think we got the right one. Wow, really? Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Critically Optimistic, a movie review. I'm your host, Mac. Joining me is Jenko. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I was just gonna say, uh, we've we're gonna change it up. We're gonna be a little bit more um, fluid in our conversation, That's as you true. can see. Yeah, and we're gonna start off every episode with a little bit of news. I think it, it's better to just let everybody know what we've been doing and uh, maybe the things going on in our lives as well too. Absolutely, I agree. It's a very good decision here, and it gives it more. Yeah, it gives us more chance to talk out to our. Um, to our listeners yeah yeah definitely um well i think first let's talk about the things that we're not going to do reviews on on the podcast per se maybe not not right now in the future possibly but i know you've been working on your halloween checklist Jojo. yes that is right uh, throughout october i've been watching uh, a horror movie every day it's type of challenge i've noticed that a lot of people I've been doing in the movie community and I just thought uh, this year I'd give it a try for myself and it, it it's working out perfectly and yeah I've, ju I've just been, been combining movies uh, movies that I've seen but also movies that I've never seen before or like old classics and and uh, amongst those I've uh, had a chance to finally see The Wicker Man the original from uh, 73 and um, coming up, I have some great Japanese and Korean horror movies coming up this weekend, in fact. So it's it's been going quite well. And um, seeing as this this went quite well, I'm hoping to have more movie challenges for myself in the near future. I have been... Um, so for those of you who don't know, which is everybody, I've <laughs> started up school again to further my career. Um, so I've been juggling this podcast and my family life and school, so I haven't really had time to watch much, but Jar Jar and I actually 
did sit down and watch Demons 2 last night. Which That's was, right. Uh, which yeah, was, was a fun. fun viewing, but but yeah, it gave a bit of a sour taste in the end. But it, it was still a fun Italian horror movie. So there's nothing... Yeah, I, I think it was a good movie as well, too. In a sense where if you go in blind, it's like, oh, you could have fun with this. But um, compared to the first one, it's definitely not anything to to brag about if yeah, anything absolutely. it's a cheap imitation of what the original was um i wrote a review for it on letterbox so i guess that's this is the best time to plug that is uh if you guys want to know more about what jar jar thinks with his film taste uh, individually or my film taste uh, we have our letterbox profiles linked in our show description feel free to follow us or just check it out whenever you have time Yes, please do, uh, because it's uh, it's a very fun platform and it gives a great diary of movies you can watch. Uh, creating a nice watch list and uh, a diary of, of when you watched a specific movie. And yeah, it's nice to, a way to um, see someone's music taste, uh, sorry, movie taste um, single-handedly. So that's, that's uh, it's, it's a great platform um, that I'm very thankful for that both you and I are using it. And, yeah, uh, definitely. I'm the one who in- introduced you to it, and I'm glad that you're enjoying it as much as you are. Yes, I am. I am as well. I'm. I'm very, very pleased that you introduced it to me, and it's, it's now <laughs> a daily occurrence that I log into Letterboxd <laughs> and <laughs> get news. Welcome to the addiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I think the only thing that I really get the time to watch or while well, I was watching was uh, Squid Game and everybody obviously is talking about it and it's become almost mm. somewhat of a trivial fad especially on YouTube. I had it on my watch list since it was announced in a trailer and the only reason I was interested is because one it looked good and two it had so many prominent names behind it um, mm-hmm. as well right. as actors and I didn't want to watch it at first because uh, I'm one of those stupid type of people that don't like to watch things that are popular yeah but <laughs> I uh, decided that you know what I wanted to watch it before any of this so why am I being ridiculous and my wife and I sat down and watched it and you know it was it, it deserves the hype that it has oh it does um, nice it, yeah it does and honestly Georgia I think you should be watching it uh, not okay this is another thing we've got to talk about too i'll go off the squid game topic because literally everybody's talking about it if you want to know more just watch it um i call janko so his name is janko i call him jar jar because that's his nickname we're gonna go back and forth between the two don't get confused <laughs> um it's not hard to follow but if anyone ever does get confused that's the reason ah uh, good good uh, get, <laughs> giving it out there quite early on that that's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't want, i just don't want to seem like uh, i'm on purpose trying to make people like <laughs> confuzzled all oh, uh, right <laughs> i get it <laughs> let's uh last thing before we start off is uh we'll talk about a little bit of self-promotion so we've been steady on a new twitter account for the yeah. show we're now on Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, as well as, well, CastBox. And we hope to collaborate with someone, possibly in the future. It's something that we've talked about. And we haven't talked about it with any other uh, podcasters yet. But I think the possibility is definitely 
like is there and it's oh, not, not that hard to achieve ab- absolutely now that the podcasting uh, community is on the rise and it's a very popular medium today um like uh, there's no deniable that that possibility could definitely happen in the near future so uh, that's uh, definitely something we'd we'd be interested in yeah no definitely um to end off with the news here i'll just remind you guys that it really helps if you leave comments on the shows as well as follow us if you're really enjoying it oh we're not going to force you to do anything but help follow us if you have a good time definitely please do now we're going to go right into it our double feature also this is another decision that we decided and i didn't tell jar jar this i forgot to tell him this but we're going to tell you what the double feature theme is right away so the theme of the show today is oil rigs and the dangerous terrain they're in that's the theme between the two films that's Uh, perfect yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I was kind of thinking, like, what were you, um, what were you hinting at when you said, I, I, I already have the, um, the theme, but I, I think you already know when you're, when you're finally watching the abyss. But yeah, now, now, it, now it definitely makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So I'll let Jar Jar introduce the first film. Another thing we did decide to do as well is, in the past, we noticed that when we tried to describe almost scene by scene what was happening in the film it wasn't necessarily that entertaining to listen to but it was more entertaining to hear us talk about our thoughts and opinions and then while we were doing that we just ended up talking about the the film anyways so (laughs) we're gonna forego we'll we'll probably just talk about the summary of the film right off the bat when we're introducing it but anyways that's a lot for the news i know we've almost kind of gone a little bit um past (laughs) even the 10 minute (laughs) mark almost here but um it's just important i think for us to clarify like hey there's a bit of changes but we think we're 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 trying to do the best thing for the show and it's going to be more entertaining oh definitely definitely well with that uh, jar jar did you want to start off the show Yes, yes, I can, absolutely. And yeah, first movie we have on our schedule for today is uh, a movie from 1977 by um, director William Friedkin. And uh, that is uh, none other than uh, the movie Sorcerer. Four men condemned by their past, robbed of their future, trapped in a life that was also a death. Four men take an incredible chance face an impossible challenge and risk the only thing they have left to lose. Roy Scheider in a new film by William Friedkin. Sorcerer. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. The general synopsis of this movie is um, is about four criminals from different parts of the globe. They all end up in a South American uh, city and they're all tasked with um, with transporting ultra-sensitive nitroglycerin f- glycerin through a dangerous jungle terrain. And uh, that's just a perfect summarization of this movie. Because right away, this movie is so so exciting, so thrilling. The way it opens up, uh, you get a nice introduction of our more four main players here. Um, you have an Irish gangster person who needs to escape the mob and then you have the, an israelite terrorist who flees capture and then you have this french banker who does fraudulence and then finally you have this assassin from mexico and 
yeah, for some reason they they end up together and they're all doing this dangerous task. And what what did you think about the about the film, Mac? Yeah, so it was the first time I ever watched Sorcerer, and I don't know if I overhyped myself for it. To be honest, I mm-hmm. I liked it. Don't get me wrong, but the first half of the film was the weakest point for me. And it wasn't until, I think I actually even marked it down, it's not until 50 minutes into the film that you actually kind of understand what it, the story's about. Oh, that's um, true, yeah. Which was kind of, uh, I'm going to use the word annoying, mm. but it was just annoying for me. I think the film is good, and we'll get more into that uh, as we go on, but it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, and that could simply be because I just thought it was this masterpiece of a film. Um, obviously, the ratings kind of show that a lot of people think this is a really, really great film. I know you do. Uh, oh, Jango, yeah. And... Yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, it, it's well shot. And I mean, compared to the other film we have this paired with in our double feature, it's this far superior one, but it's not... I think some people are going to be surprised with my score. Oh, yeah, no, but I, I don't think it's too surprising at all because I can very easily see why someone would have a, have a problem with this movie uh, because as you mentioned it does take a time until until the the story uh, takes place um, but I kind of I kind of like that you get that introduction quite early on so that you kind of know the story of all the the four main characters um, I, I suppose that's true. Um, a part of me kind of kept thinking, though, while we were watching the film, is that, like, is this the best way to introduce this movie? Now, mind you, Jar Jar and I are both aware that this is a remake, and we mm-hmm. haven't seen the remake. So I'd be curious to see how the remake handles the story as yeah, it is. But the way I, I pictured it when I was um, watching the film is that, would it be better... so? It's 50 minutes of basically being introduced to our characters. And then would it have been better, though, to shorten that time? So, like, get around the same plot lines, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Short, shorten that time, but also have it kind of a half-and-half half situation where we are introduced to our characters a bit at the start. So we have an idea of their motives and desires and who they are. But we also kind of figure out a bit more of that as they're doing the treacherous delivery of the nitroglycerin. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I can definitely see uh, see that that would have been an improvement for sure. It's not. It, I I almost hate saying it would be an oh. improvement, but it's just that it would. That's just what I thought. Like, because I, I I really didn't like waiting. 50 minutes to be like because i i didn't oh, that's another thing too i went in blind with this film mm, yeah. i didn't read i didn't even read the summary i just saw the word sorcerer and the poster on on letterbox and i was like yes this is a this looks like it's going to be fun and when it got to that point and you know which point that is it's like oh shit like that was is one of the most um like sitting on the edge of your seat sort of film not knowing if the truck's going to tip over and stuff like that that was perfect oh it definitely Um, is yeah but getting there takes a while (laughs) it really does yeah (laughs) yeah so um i i would say though that like bar none this film has the best (laughs) 
explosions I think oh, I've ever seen in any yeah. room. Yeah, I honestly think they're real explosions too. They, they do look quite realistic. Yeah, it's very it's very prominent with a lot of these old World War II movies from the 60s, 70s, where you can kind of see that uh, they actually use real explosions and real special effects for these uh, for these movies and yeah it's very very pleasing to see that here as well definitely and um uh, well, did you did you how did you feel about the um the music I, the music is I, fantastic i had a very symphonic synthesized music from tangerine dream and they've gone on to make music for a lot of films i i know for a fact they've also made the music for uh, thief uh, by michael mann and yeah that's uh, one i still have to watch it's yeah, been on my list for a long time it's a good good movie and i want to um, um speaking of michael mann like i i kind of get uh, the way you're saying that it takes a bit time to build up because that is any michael mann movie <laughs> where it you have 50 minutes with build up and then it goes to the story. Um, I just found it funny that that uh, was a good comparison to Michael Mann that I just uh, yeah. found out now. But uh, going back to the music, yeah, it, it, it feels it fills the story quite well, and it gives a great mood to the film overall, especially uh, especially when that song comes on near the end. And I kind of want to save the end for a bit uh, later on because I do have. Um, I do have a theory about this film that I would love to discuss with you about this. Um, yeah, I know. I definitely love to to hear it. Well, I okay. Well, with the characters and the way they were introduced, I know I'm kind of jumping back to what we already talked. No, about. no problem at all. <laughs> but there are things that I did enjoy about those scenes too, like um, the cinematography in them is really well done not to mention every time it jumps to a different place in the world you know exactly where you are right away mm -hmm. um even when it jumped to um what's his name the uh frenchman the french guy yeah yeah what was his name that was um his name well the actor's name is uh bruno uh yeah Freeman. it was victor manson was his name kramer and uh yeah he you knew exactly where you were right away just based on architect and stuff like that and mm -hmm. i mean let alone the language like that that's a dead giveaway but <laughs> true I, I, my main point is like you knew when you were in new york you knew when you were in um paris you knew when you were in the the middle east um right. and I'm, I'm sorry if i'm not naming the exact country but i don't want to sound like a dumbass no no it is uh, <laughs> yeah I, I i can't remember which which country it was exact but it was yeah it was in the middle east somewhere that, that's definitely and then and then you yeah you finally have the assassin from uh, i think it was mexico yeah to kill the um what was it the uh, the nazi right the yes guys. yes true yeah, um, who fled during World War Two, which I thought was kind of interesting as well. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That was like they're in this corner of the world with just a lot of despicable people, and it's just a, a small town that's run by criminals. And I, I love that addition to this movie. Yeah, I never really thought about that. You're right. That is 
pretty cool part. And I like how the film, <laughs> I like how the film takes itself into saying like, well, we got this assassin, who does he kill? And they're like, well, we've got the Nazi. And they're like, yeah, no one's going to give a shit about him. <laughs> so they just also, kill him off right away. I want to, I want to point out in this movie, you see the coolest way of opening, um, opening a bottle uh, bottle cap ever <laughs> i've seen in a movie like this policeman he he slides open his gun and then he uses a pistol as a bottle opener <laughs> i just thought that was uh, really cool <laughs> yeah, i think i've seen that in another movie before but i couldn't tell you which one oh, really? um but yeah so it's there are parts of the film i guess what i'm trying to say in the start that i do appreciate but that compared to the second half of the film, the second half of the film is way better than the oh, first half. Yes, no, that I that I do agree with. Like the whole whole journey they go through the jungle is just one intense action packed uh, sequence, and it's just it's so thrilling. Like you're sitting on the edge of your seat, and it's specifically that scene when they're on the bridge and. Also, uh, later on, when it becomes more uh, like you kind of go into the mind of the the main character, the Irish um, gangster, and it just turns into this apocalypse now type um, uh, thriller, and I, I love that. And yeah. I'm definitely a huge fan of the second part rather than the first part, even though even though I I liked the introduction. I liked the fact that this film. Its runtime wasn't actually like it's a long movie. Um, yeah, but it's two hours. I, yeah. it, it almost does this kind of trick of the, the trick of the mind sort of thing, where it, it does two hours and it knows exactly where the 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 two parts of the movie, like it knows when the first half is ending and it knows mm-hmm. when the second half is starting, and it almost kind of uses that to be like, well, we're gonna almost trick you, like that. Because it, it almost knows like that point of a film when people start to either get bored, you know, and then yeah. it's just like okay, now we have to really engage with the audience, um, and it, it does that really well because as soon as it starts, you cannot stop watching until it's over. Yeah, no, I I agree, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, also sorcerer is the name of the truck uh, that they're driving. Uh, the, I I also love the fact that the truck looks very menacing it looks evil you can almost see that yeah it has a very uh christine sort of presence it does to it. yeah yeah that's, that's that's the first connection i uh, thought of this movie uh but also uh, have you seen any other movies by william friedkin um honestly it's weird okay so for people listening jar jar has a tendency of watching a lot of like stuff from people that i i have had on my list for a long time mm-hmm. but i've just not gotten around to and vice versa so i've seen a lot of stuff that jordan <laughs> hasn't gotten around to oh right no i was just wondering if you've seen the exorcist um uh because there is a there is a scene like uh, a very short scene shot in this movie where it shows a, a statue uh, a demonic statue and I thought that was a connection to the exorcist being the demon Pazuzu and uh, seeing it's William Friedkin. I thought that was a good um, interest, very interesting connection. It's not forced in, but it's like there for a tiny second. No. So to answer the question, I, I've had William Friedkin on my list, like his films on my list for a long time. 
I've just not seen anything by him. So that's my bad, I guess. No, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. Like, uh, uh, no. Well, but except I, now because I've seen Sorcerer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's a lot of great from William Friedkin that I can easily recommend to you. Um, especially everything he's made in the 70s to, to the 80s. Like, that was his high point uh, of his career. And um, yeah, but um, what did you think of the end? Um, what did I think of the end? Well, I almost kind of want to talk about just the whole second half because yeah. we talked about well, the first yeah. half in a very loose way but the the second half it's really good like i'm not a big car or truck enthusiast and you don't have to be with this film oh not at all no but you kind of like when they start fixing it and really getting it ready because they all they all have the main purpose of wanting to get out of where they're hiding that's yeah. the only reason they're all doing this so desperately is because they can't stand being an outcast from the places that they uh, left. And yeah, because their pride is getting the better of them. Exactly. And they want they're they're joined together by the job, but also a unity of having the exact same goal. And I don't know, do they even the the Frenchman uh tells the other guy in the truck sort of Mm -hmm. but i don't think they really ever communicate to each other i don't think so no they like they only share small dial dialogue when they're together in the truck because they're driving two trucks simultaneously and uh yeah you, you they i don't think they share much stories with each other like the only thing i can think about is the letter the frenchman is talking about sending back to his wife um, yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of funny how they share that common ground without ever knowing it themselves. Although one scene I really loved uh, was the, when they're finally combining forces and they stumble, uh, they stumble upon this tree stump that is uh, that is blocking their path, and this is the moment where they join their minds together and they find a solution to get beyond this tree stump so they all use their strengths like the terrorist using his knowledge of explosives and they're all um, you can you can kind of notice a mood that they're all wanting to do this so they're kind of form a camaraderie uh, together and I, I i love that i like that very much yeah actually when i was watching that scene i had the kind of exact same thought i was like because there's the desperation of like oh we we can't get through this big giant tree and then he's getting so mad just like literally trying to chop down a force with a machete yeah just thinking to myself too like dude you got so many explosions in the back what are you talking about yeah that's great <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love my favorite scene, obviously, is a lot of other people's favorite scenes, but just anything to do with that bridge, man. That was... Yeah, oh yeah, that was like an intense 10 or 20 minutes of the movie. Where are you going? We're going across that bridge, and you're going to guide me. But I can't do it alone. And I also, oh, it's like the small details in this scene too. You, uh, there is a instance where you can, you the truck is like slipping under the bridge, 
and then suddenly the music just stops for one second and then it uh, comes back on again and it's just small details like that that just uh, that just pleases me <laughs> i'm gonna mention this here as opposed to later in the the episode but i just kind of realized it's not something i just kind of realized but this film has this uh the two films that we're about to talk about actually have a relationship with water if you think about it oh they like do the, the, the perils of drowning really yeah definitely um which is a interesting connection as well but um oh we should probably mention by the way so they're grabbing the nitroglycerin which is a bit really old so yeah, any it's... small sort of shake can set it off uh they need it because the they need oil to, rig yeah they need to douse the oil fire and nitroglycerin glycerin is apparently the only way you can stop that um, I, it's probably because it could fill the hole Oh uh, yeah, that where makes sense. the oil's coming out of? I'm not. It's not like Judger and I know anything about it, but that's just my guess. Is that yeah. the only reason the fire is going is because it's still receiving oil that's burning, and in order to get that oil to stop, they have to just cave in the source. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that 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 does make sense because yeah, I, and they need the, the explosions to do it. I that fire they have on the um, the when the the oil rig explodes and it just keeps burning like god you could see the heat coming off of that thing that's it's such a good real effect Uh, because it more than likely is like it was really real i imagine oh yeah i can imagine so too but there's also an interesting um theme with this movie is uh, you can kind of see that that oil rig is kind of polluting the jungle too in a sense because you can see that they've actually guided pipelines throughout the jungle um, and there's another scene where they encounter like uh, tribesmen and um, you can notice that uh, the industrialization has spread to their parts as well because of this yeah. oil rig and yeah uh, it was it's leave it to this movie to make <laughs> a playful tribesman who just wants to have a bit of fun <laughs> yeah. such a freaking intense scene you're just like oh dude get away <laughs> Like, if he only knew, like, he was so close to getting it to explode. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. It's, yeah, it was something else. Um, <laughs> well, you did mention the tree scene, which I thought was interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, the only reason I think it was interesting is because the way it was handled, like you, you said, that's when they really joined forces to get it to go. But yeah. I, I think the best thing about that though is um (laughs) the guy what was uh, the assassin with his gun yeah he wasted all those freaking bullets that's right yeah (laughs) and i kept thinking the whole time if you didn't waste the bullets this task would have been a billion times easier (laughs) yeah true (laughs) because he could have done it there could have been numerous ways they could have made this a lot easier for themselves but instead he had to fire into like nothingness yeah i honestly he was my least favorite character not not because of acting reasons but he's just like there's no redeemable qualities to that man. oh yeah no no not at all but yeah none of them actually have any uh, i guess the frenchman a bit uh, but still he does fraudulent so I, I guess it's not that redeemable but they are kind 
kind of despicable. I mean, even with the when the assassin even shows up though to the place, like mm -hmm. you show up and he acts like his shit doesn't stink. Oh, He's in, like, that's the true. Worst place in the world, it's like, dude, who are you showing off? And to? <laughs> he 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 did also, in fact, cheat his way into being part of this job because uh, it was first listed to someone else, and of course, he killed him to take his spot. Yeah, that's that's true. What was that? Okay, so was that why he was there to kill that person, or what, did he just kill that person to get the job? I think he just killed that person to get the job. I think uh, he he is there for a total different reason. Okay, uh, so we're just calling him the assassin because he killed that guy. Yeah, no, but but there is a short vignette where you see him uh, kill someone. Um, uh, where he walks outside of a hotel or bar or something. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I must have... That's very early that. on, early on near all the four big nets we get. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, no, I must have definitely missed that. All right, well, let's talk about... Oh, let's talk about the ending. Not the oh. ending. The, well, I, the ending of The Frenchman. Let's talk about that. This oh, is spoilers, no. by the way, for anyone who hasn't seen the film. Skip to probably like i don't know 10 minutes and see where we are from there but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk a bit about basically the rest of the movie from here yeah no uh, i found it very unfortunate for the frenchman um i i love the way it was handled though like because mm. it was it wasn't done in a sort of um john woo style like, <laughs> almost picture like that explosion being set off and like 50 different <laughs> camera angles yeah you know? but instead it was like during a moment when the characters were connecting and oh, all of a sudden it was yeah. just just instantaneous tire blows falls off the cliff boom oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's real sad especially yeah. when like like he he has he has a reason for like like his his wife is his motivation I mean, he's dead. my wife just my wife no children not you know. I met my wife when I first came to Paris from Bretagne. It's a, it's a good way that the director kind of handled it too, because even before you have time to process it as an audience, the bandits show up. Like I, I think it's almost instantaneous that the bandits show up. And yeah, true. Yeah. That's right. I have to imagine it's because of the uh, explosion as well, too. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, but also like, yeah, it just happens so abruptly because you don't expect that at all, <laughs> and it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just as good as like every explosion in this uh, film is really, really good. Oh, and I mean, yeah. if you think about it, it's there's the fire oil rig explosion, there's the tree stump explosion, there's this one. Mm -hmm. and am i missing one i don't think i am no i don't think you are um, so they must have put all a lot of money into making these really good explosions. oh yeah i'll get to the money when <laughs> when i get to the trivia because um, but yeah and it's also like quite extraordinary that uh, Ro uh, roy scheider's character was able to deliver the nitroglycerin by hand uh, no, no less because 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 the truck uh, broke down. Yeah, and... that's that's right too. After taking care of the bandits, yeah. Uh, oh God, he must have been close enough. But that, 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 what did you think about the scene, kind of going into 
almost in an insanity you know like yeah so they've been deprived of water and food i think for a little while oh must have yeah no this is the part where i automatically got a connection to uh apocalypse now uh because uh also like the the book heart of darkness is uh, uh, like a person going down a river and he just sees more and more insanity the more the further he goes down the river and you can kind of sense the same mood in this movie as well especially near the end for Roy Scheider uh, and this is also the kind of the connection I had when I mentioned the duality of man uh, theme uh, that I mentioned because he he goes through his own insanity here is a breaking point but still he needs to do the job and um, yeah I found it quite 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 suspenseful the way they handled that yeah he actually fulfilled it I, I actually can't really add anything because I think you summed mm. it up really well yeah. um, you said you had a theory that you that, to that's about. true that's because of the closing shot uh, because it closes with the music uh, pans outside of the bar and then you kind of hear a gunshot did you notice that yeah I did yeah notice that. because my theory is they're all already dead and um, they're actually in purgatory okay what makes you say that though because throughout the movie you can kind of see a lot of symbols of death quite er uh, very early on when they're in the bar uh, Roy Scheider and the uh, French guy are uh, getting to know each other you can see uh, there's a coffin uh, people uh, carrying a coffin going past a window and you can also see that this is a very rundown town and it's just a lot of shit and filth and it's kind of like to feel think that um, the demonic statues see uh, that I noticed is also a connection to death and they were already dead before they came there because I think Roy Scheider died in the car accident and uh, the French guy died some other way and because there is no positive ending to this movie it kind of feels bleak and uh, despair for some reason and for that reason I kind of feel like they're in a world of death and in purgatory and that's why they can't get out of this uh, town and this situation yeah actually you know what you while listening to you um i was replaying like basically the whole f the whole first half of the film in my head as quick as i could because i think you, i think you have something there it, it's actually a really cool interesting theory and i honestly i wouldn't even d dismiss it right away because i think you're right on a lot of those points mm -hmm, yeah N yeah, not no, I not that, I that yeah thank you uh, not that it, it might be true or anything but it's just an interesting food for thought uh, when, uh, uh, at least the, the impression I got from this movie and for that reason just for the bleakness alone uh, is the reason why I give this movie such a high score yeah oh, definitely um, well let's go right into scoring um, you could start first if you want. oh yeah well I, I have already this movie listed on my letterbox but yeah I, I still maintain my four and a half stars for this movie just the uh, fun experience probably Friedkin's best after uh, Exorcist and just so suspenseful so engaging and I it, it blew my mind uh, completely when I watched the first time mainly because of that uh, bridge scene I'd probably uh, I've been racking my brain with what I really and truly feel about the film on a 
a scale that matches like how I rate films. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, it's, I think for me, it's still three and a half. Oh, no, I'm going with my lower score, but three and a half in my books is good. Like that's what three and a half means for me is good. Yeah. Um, It's still a fair rating. I could see myself in the future, probably giving this a four star. Mm Mm-hmm. But something tells me that I gotta be the stickler in the mud here. And go with the three and a half. <laughs> I mean, it I fits with why. our title. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Um. And it is a. It is a really good film. Yeah. No. I. I won't arrest you for the rating. Like that's totally fair. And I. I. I get. I get. I get what you see with this movie. Like it's. Uh, it has problems. Um. There. There could have been some improvement for sure i think Uh, i think a lot of me wanted more of the film to just be what it was in the second half mm -hmm. yeah um that it it kind of spoiled what what i was looking for you know Mm -hmm. and in that it's it's definitely i think with this more so than a lot of my other reviews this is a very just a personal take on what the film is coming from it as like an appreciation of how film is made it's done really well and mm. I, I don't like even saying really well is like underestimating how well it was <laughs> done. Right. Um, but yeah, I think I'll stick with that. I know I'm excited to hear some trivia. Yeah, no, I, I found me. Yeah, definitely. I found some interesting trivia here for sure. Um, because uh, William Friedkin uh, initially wanted Steve McQueen uh, to have the main role in this film. But he he had of course an outrageous condition uh, steve mcqueen and that is he wanted this co-star to be his wife ali mcgar um which didn't fit in the story at all and, no uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't fit and uh, he later on he also tried to get clint eastwood or jack nicholson in the main role and oh, he's you know what's funny i could see steve mcqueen jack nicholson maybe not so much clint eastwood but i could no, see those yeah. Guys, they would, I mean, really yeah, cool. they would work really well in this movie. I agree, and especially I'll, Steve McQueen. I feel like Steve McQueen would have been actually a really good choice. I could see where he's coming from with that. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and he, Friedkin has also stated uh, later on that he actually um, he actually regretted uh, casting Roy Scheider in the lead. Um, oh, really? Why? Yeah, yeah, because. He stated that he felt he was a good actor who did a great job, but he is the type of actor who is only a second or third banana. He's not a star, is his words. Well, that's mean. Yeah, <laughs> but but <laughs> I but I do think Roy Scheider did a great job in this film, and uh, he's definitely a great actor. Um, I mean, he's he's played in um, he's played in uh, another Friedkin movie, uh, the the French Connection. Which is also well, you know a... what? You know what? In saying that, though, I think the film works better without him being the star. Like he is the star, and I know that the director mm-hmm. uh, intended for that character to be the star, but mm-hmm. I don't initially think that no. when I watch it. You know what I that, mean? Because I yeah, feel like definitely. all of those guys are the star of this film. Yeah. No. Perfectly. Like. Uh, it, yeah. And with Roy being that character, um, it allowed for that uh, sort of easy fluidness between who the story's really about and is it not about just one man or all of them going through the same thing and is it mm-hmm. more about that situation right yeah definitely 
And I mentioned earlier that you mentioned uh, that that the explosive must have cost a lot. I read here on a trivia I found was that the, the whole bridge scene, it cost $1 million to build. Or uh, because it, it's a scene that uses a lot of hydraulic lifts in order for the special effects. Um, okay, really? Yeah, so they, they manipulated that storm uh, feeling, which is quite impressive because it looks real. It looks genuine. It really does. Actually, I was kind of interested to know if anyone got seriously hurt while doing that. Because yeah. The whole thing, like you almost feel like someone really could have gotten hurt. Right, definitely. Apparently it took a long time to film that too, because they had to put like 24 hour guard around the bridge uh, because of the superstitious locals. Okay. And because they threatened to blow it up for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, could have been free special effects. <laughs> and let's see here. Yeah, and he, he pretty clearly a remake of the um, of the Wages of Fear because Friedkin got the approval from the original director. I'd love to hear from uh, any audience member uh, if they've seen both films and which one they prefer. Yeah, please. Yeah, please uh, share your. Um, uh, please share your um, what's the word uh, thoughts thoughts opinions. on the movie <laughs> opinions yeah there you go <laughs> we'd love to hear them but yeah uh, also like yeah it's incredible uh, the original budget of this film is 21 million okay. and yeah and that's not a lot in film terms no well I mean although it it's 77 so yeah I was going to say it was probably a bit back in 77 yeah did you have any more trivia or do you want to go and take a deep dive into the next film? No, I, I, we can, we can perfectly move on. All right. Well, let's do that. So the next film we're pairing with Sorcerer, like Georgia said, is The Abyss. Um, it's oh, a movie created I, by uh, James Cameron. Sorry. I just wanted to say that, uh, Stephen King has stated that this is his favorite film of all time, Sorcerer. Oh, Stephen King. Really? Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the thing you want someone saying about your film. You're like, out of everybody to say, oh, I love this film. You're like, ah, Stephen King, really? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> the guy who hates everything and then he makes the shittiest things on the earth when it comes to filmmaking. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, please continue about the abyss. <laughs> yeah. So the abyss is made by James Cameron. Uh, the reason we chose this film is because it's well, like the theme implies, uh, oil rigs and the dangerous environments that they're in. Um, this one has a vehicle that has to th that has to um travel and do a, a job just like a sorcerer in very very brutal terrain um that's unforgiving and it's not even the terrain itself it's the atmospheric pressure that comes with it the abyss believe your eyes but a little bit about the film so uh, a civilian oil rig crew is recruited to conduct a search and rescue effort when a nuclear submarine mysteriously sinks. One diver soon finds himself on a spectacular odyssey 
25,000 feet below the ocean surface where he confronts a mysterious force that has the power to change the world or destroy it. So that's a little bit of a summary of the film. It's... I've never seen it nor heard of it. I don't know. What about you, Jar Jar? Me neither. I've, I've only seen the poster of it. And uh, apparently a lot of people have said this is a great movie by uh, James Cameron. But I wasn't that pleased with this. Um, I've... Uh, uh, James Cameron is one of those directors that fall into a category of like... I think the majority of his work I like... But mm -hmm. there's stuff like he's made Avatar. I think a lot of people know how I feel about Avatar. They don't <laughs> like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not a film, and I'm not looking forward to the fact that it They're already like says five, on his letterbox five Avatar sequels, <laughs> two, three, four, and five. Yeah. I don't understand. Thanks Disney, no. I guess it's like stated till. 2030 i think that's crazy <laughs> is that what avatar 5 says yeah i believe so no avatar 5 yeah you're close though 2028 oh okay <laughs> pretty close that's so stupid though i don't it's, understand this yeah like the like yeah like obviously terminator is fun um did he do both terminators or just terminator 2 I'm, I'm not uh sure. terminator 1 and 2 uh, okay True yeah. lies is all fun as well i i i gave that movie i think i reviewed it yeah i gave that movie a three stars so i i enjoyed that um <laughs> i enjoyed do... it a little less than sorcerer which did he really do true <laughs> did he do true lies i i always thought that was paul verhoeven who did that true lies the one with um arnold schwarzenegger yeah 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 no i i know which one you're talking about oh okay yeah no that's james cameron directed oh really wow yeah um anyways yeah so james Cameron made The Abyss, which, in a way, it, it is a very James Cameron film, for yeah, sure. Very. Yeah. And I... I didn't know what I was getting into, and I'll say this right off the bat. For some reason, I have this adverse... Not hate, but disinterest for any film that has anything to do with submarines. Yeah, that's <laughs> I <don't>, understandable. <laughs> I just don't find the subject matter interesting, which is kind of bizarre in my circumstance because I find in real life the ocean to be the most fascinating thing in the world. And I love, oh, yeah. I love water. Like if I had the choice and if I could breathe water, I would be in water right now because I, I like swimming I like being in the water and stuff like that. That's me as a person. But when it mm -hmm. comes to films, God, I, don't, I, I really don't want to watch a movie about a submarine. No, um, not at all. Unless it's Das Boat, which uh, uh, which is a claustrophobic uh, experience. But but yeah, no, yeah, this, no. It's, it's... This film here, though, even though I had the same impression when I was like about to watch it, like, oh, I really hope I can get over this, like not wanting to watch anything about a submarine. I didn't. <laughs> It did do a good job at not being just the submarine itself and that's, having a, a better, bigger environment to itself. Yeah, to to an extent, um, I I do agree, um, but it was just oh, just it it just felt too long. Um, oh, definitely. Then yeah. there's parts of the film we'll we'll get into, but they're just mixed too 
oddly and um the pacing is off as well yeah like it's the film starts off very intense uh, like very intense and then it goes into a lighter sort of like meet the crew feel which can line up and then after that it almost jumps lines into steven spielberg et shit uh, then it goes back to like uh, action-packed uh, chase underwater, and then it goes back to the ET stuff, and it just—it <laughs> all feels like they're supposed to be on separate planes, but yet they're being mixed together and squished by the ha- hands of James Cameron. Um, yeah, a lot of this film was, like you said, uh, quite long to get through, and. I yeah, I'm just I'm just glad I didn't watch the extended edition. Because yeah, that's, oh yeah, uh, that's almost true. free free hours. <laughs> it's like why? How could they add more to this uh, to this mess than there already is? Well, it stars a lot of um, people, prominent actors actually. From uh, well, this was made in '89, but I'd say yeah 80s and 90s there's a lot of actors that you probably don't see as much anymore in this film. that's true yeah which was okay. which was kind of fun for me um because right off of the bat like you you start seeing all the people in this and you're like oh wow i've i, I haven't seen this person in a long time <laughs> um so ed harris is the star of this film which is i like ed harris and then mary elizabeth uh i can't even say her last name help me out georgia yeah um uh, let's see mary elizabeth uh um, Mastra- Ma- Mestra, Mestra Antonio. Mestra Antonio. Thank you. Uh, Welcome. She was in, <laughs> she was in uh, Scarface and. Uh, That's right. Yeah. The Perfect Storm, um, as well as The Abyss. Wow, I wonder what that film's about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Oh, yeah, right. That's oh, that's Gina. Yeah. Now I recognize her. <laughs> George is just having a little realization. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it has a decent cast. I mean, it also has Michael Bean, uh, which I didn't recognize. Uh, I, yeah, I thought Michael Bean was someone else for the longest time. <laughs> yeah. Until like, like halfway through the film, I was like, oh, he's not that person. <laughs> so... <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but... But you know who Michael Bean is, right? Uh, yes. The, the actor. Yes. I yeah. Do. Yeah. So yeah, the I have no problem with the acting actually in this film. I I, I really don't the, from any point of it. Maybe no, not really. I mean, for what it is, the, the acting's fine. I think they did a good job, especially with the conditions they're probably working in. Yeah. No. True. Like you, you, you do sense. Uh, like uh you do sense some sort of claustrophobic environment and like uh, i don't know for how long they are down there but it, it must be a while and uh yeah you can notice that uh, one of the crew members goes crazy uh, so there's definitely some cabin fever afoot one thing i i really had trouble with at the beginning of the film and this might sound kind of like well this is just a you thing maybe an audience member might be thinking but at the beginning it does a really bad job at being like here is is quite a bit of characters to to know yeah right 
And then they're like, let's put them in a suit where you can't distinguish any of their features. Oh, right. <laughs> and then they're all talking to each other, and you don't know who's who. And you haven't had the time to really re recognize or realize who they're, they are or their nicknames or anything like that. And then some of them start, you know, like panicking <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, specifically when they do the... Yeah, so that's another thing, too, is I thought... So when you read the description, it says uh, they're um, recruited to conduct a search and rescue effort. You think that would be more of the film, right? The meat and yeah. of the film. That's but it's just done ten right minutes. Yeah. yeah, it's done right away at the, the start of the film. And it, that was that was an interesting choice because you don't really get the idea that this is an alien-based mm -hmm. film. And it quickly reminds you, like, oh, this is a James Cameron film. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, true. Yeah. But I kind of, I, I kind of hated that, that the nuclear theme part of the plot didn't have much focus. Like, it, it should be a bigger threat than this movie tells it is. Um, and that, that kind of annoyed me because... It's just 10 minutes with this, uh, is it a nuclear submarine there? Um, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the rescue mission is for the nuclear submarine. And they're also yeah. checking for survivors, which is right. uh, something that's stated in the film. But yeah. yeah, and then it's like 10 minutes of this, and then it goes to the plot B about the crew. And then it's like, oh, there's a confrontation. And then it's like, oh, I need to chase this guy. And then it's like near the end, like it's at the l later part of the film. It's like, oh, shit, we forgot about these nukes. Uh, we need to do that now. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, I hated that. I hated the way the, um, the movie was the pacing uh, it was oh no yeah, the, pacing, <laughs> the pacing in the film wasn't good and it almost makes you wonder if the extended version has better pacing but i highly doubt it i, yeah. I have to imagine it just makes it even worse <laughs> I, I bet so yeah <laughs> what did you okay i'm gonna ask this what did you think of the cgi of the film uh it was very very late 80s cdi um it was interesting yeah. I, I like the water effects of the the, the water snake. I, well, I the, don't re, know. the water effects were the same as the effects he used in Terminator 2. Oh, yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, like the liquid liquid alloy that the T, I, I don't remember the unit name, but Robert Patrick. Isn't um, it just T2s? T2s, yeah, it must be, yeah. yeah. The T2000, oh. that's it. It's what it, it is interesting though because this film was made in 1989 and Terminator was or Terminator 2 was made in 1991. So he yeah. did the effect here first, and then he oh, brought it back over. To, that's uh, true. Terminator film. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I didn't thought of that when I watched this movie. I thought Terminator 2 came first, uh, but yeah. Also. Uh, everybody listening this film like we're gonna try to talk about this film as best mm -hmm. we can but there yeah. really isn't a lot to say about it if that makes sense no not it's, at all like there's it's there's... forgettable and i mean it's forgettable in the way that it's like i don't think there's gonna be a lot of people coming back to this as like oh i love this movie <laughs> you know like <laughs> right no i don't really think there's a lot of people who are gonna say that not at all, no. 
and I guess one thing I liked was the alien parts of the film, but it just takes too long until it comes to that point where it's just... You mean the actual aliens of the film? The actual aliens of the film, yeah. The, yeah, the... I appreciated that too, because the CGI in this film is atrocious, like like Django said, it's... Mm-hmm. Um, it's very early 80s cgi it has aged terribly especially now when you watch this film in 1080p or higher oh I definitely i don't know if this film is in 4k but <laughs> it, it just is very noticeable especially like some of the little that little pod spaceship like not attached to the other ones it just looks like a mess of lights yeah, like special really effect lights it, it's it's very distracting almost to like like b-grade film distraction <laughs> Absolutely. and this is that's when you say like b-grade you're like well that can have redeeming qualities to it but not in a blockbuster picture like this oh no not at all no like because in a b-movie like it it, it is specifically shitty so that's its charm but the blockbuster can't be intentionally shitty uh, if, if that makes sense. <laughs> it, yeah, uh, no, I think everybody will understand what you're saying when you mm. say that. Um, we talked about the m- music in... Sorry, I clapped my hands. Everybody probably heard that. We talked about the m- music uh, when we were talking about the Sorcerer. I also want to talk about the music in here. It's shit. It's very it shit. It, it's, it's generic. Literally, it's literally... Oh, it's so generic. <laughs> it's the most generic film score i've ever heard in my life and i oh i yeah. really feel bad i don't know who did the music i'm gonna look it up right now <laughs> but the oh, who did the music hold on sorry guys one second the composer was al alan alan silver silvestri uh, wow Re- he's done so much really he's he did the music really for uh, yeah forrest gump for um he did the music for a lot of the Avengers films. He did and... the Back to the Future. Wow. wow. Yeah. Okay, Alan, look it. I'm saying this <laughs> score sucked. That's just for this movie. But man, you really just cashed in this paycheck. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that that came as a surprise to me as well. Because I'm sorry, yeah. Alan. The, the score on Parent Trap is the best score in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's it's just generic garbage like i i did not like any of it at all no me neither there wasn't like there it was just a, a generic music that is just taken from music generator like there's no yeah like it, it doesn't fit the mood any any way it's just there and it like yeah i i perfectly agree <laughs> like oh uh, this needs um this needs a free william friedkin cut uh would probably it's... save this film <laughs> <laughs> it just needs some sort of cut um because james cameron obviously he he didn't cut enough and he doesn't think that way because of the extended version yeah apparently <laughs> i mean like he he, he is a decent director like uh, depending on what movie he's made what movies he's made but like well, I feel a- a- aliens is good and with, uh, like you... and i feel like we're talking more about james cameron as opposed to the movie but with james cameron mm. he's to me he shares a lot of same problems that i have with peter jackson oh uh, yeah peter jackson i always jokingly say doesn't know when to stop filming he oh, just right. films forever, and he just doesn't stop. 
he thinks mm. every single thing is important when really there's more to being a filmmaker and i'm not saying peter jackson is a bad filmmaker no, by any no. means but it's just one of his not so good features uh mm. that he has which is just he he feels the need to include every single thing yeah that yeah i, I can sense that i i am uh... You're more referring to his later films, right? Prior to his um, pre earlier uh, ones, pre yeah. Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, well, I mean, even his pre Lord of the Rings movies, even though they're way better, um, and I like the Lord of the Rings. Don't oh, I feel like I'm gonna get hate for that. I like <laughs> oh, the Lord of the Rings a lot. Not but, at all. Um, like he did have a tendency of even making those ones before the Lord of the Rings a little bit longer, and you can tell uh, if you watch like brain dead you mm -hmm. can look it up online there's a lot of deleted scenes that he got rid of um oh yeah no, you have to think true. though like if he didn't get rid of those scenes like would he have gotten rid of them you know mm -hmm. and we're not even talking about abyss anymore so let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's go back to uh well, let's talk more about the aliens because in this yeah. film so in this film the the nuclear sub crashes because it gets technical interference by an unidentified submerged object which causes it to crash and everybody basically dies it has a presence here in the film and it makes itself known to the uh rescue crew or well i should they're not really rescue crew because they're just people who work on the oil rig yeah but in this case they're the rescue crew so they make themselves known uh, what did you, what did you think about the aliens? Because I think it, it it's very obvious when it went from CGI to puppetry, to me. And I like the puppetry. I actually I like the design of the aliens. I like what did, they were. Yeah. yeah, and I I thought that whole submerged world they had was quite fascinating. And uh, I, I I guess the summary. I think that is what the summary assumes with. Um, when it mentions um, uh, where he confronts a mysterious force that has the power to change the world or destroy it, I assume that uh, is referring to the aliens. I guess uh, so. Yeah. Well, you know what's weird is uh, we we crapped on the film for saying it's pacing and then like it's sort of going into a very intense film mm -hmm. of rescue to just ET like family friendly thing. I think I would have actually enjoyed if this film was written in a way where it was like there's a ping coming from deep within the ocean and oh, right. they send uh, the nearby oil crew to go see because it's like it's not worth the government's time who gives a shit like, you know <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah it's probably nothing but it would have been interesting if it was them making contact like screw the rest of this nuclear stuff whatever mm -hmm. you know they, they could have <laughs> still written something in like that or they could have it, yeah it could have been more natural the two like i said the two things feel completely separate from each other it but i does. did enjoy this sort of first contact uh story yeah more that so. was interesting uh definitely and i feel like if the film was written that way you know it should have just been that movie uh, it should have just been uh et underwater deferred the close encounter of the third kind underwater uh it's yeah it's it's just yeah, i just i just hate that the build-up takes so long for the aliens to come and it's just the last 20 minutes and it's yeah. like it just feels so pointless and they had so huge such huge potential here and it just ends 
in the shittiest way possible. It just ends. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no payoff. Yeah. There's, there's just, ah, oh, that, that, <laughs> that just griped me so bad. It's like, I'm have sorry some... if we're yeah. uh, spoiling this film for <laughs> I don't, because I actually think we're doing pretty well with not spoiling it, but we're I think all so, over yeah. this review. And I'm yeah. Sorry we're not straight and narrow with any of this, but it might be better that way. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's not. We're we're at least saving you two hours. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, and you get two films in this. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> With uh, with the ending, I, I totally cannot agree more. It's just mm. the kiss and then the end. Even though at the start of the film, he calls his wife like uh, a bitch. He doesn't, does he? I think he does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think he does, yeah. Yeah, so we go from that to <laughs> happy ever after. <laughs> yeah, and it's just... It, it's just a typical Hollywood movie, and there's no art here um i'm sorry if i'm sounding like martin scorsese but like this there's no art here at all like it, it's just point a to point b type of movie that just follows a guideline and it's it's just there's nothing artistic here at all it's just an action movie that's underwater i don't have any regret in watching the film it was fine but mm -hmm. it, it definitely suffers its flaws uh, pretty yeah. clearly and it's not hard to see them I mean I feel like anyone can really see that yeah yeah um, so what what would you rate this movie that that's a good question um, I think I came to the conclusion with everything said and maybe a little bit more things to say about the film uh, I'd probably give it you know oh this is hard you tell me <laughs> yours first okay well Right off, um, well, I can I can tell that I'm I don't regret watching it, but I uh, but my um, my my end conclusion of this movie is clearly a, a two uh, two stars, and it's definitely not something I'll watch again anytime soon. And it's, it's interesting underwater, but it's uh, I, I I hate it I hate this movie, but it's not it's not the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get. I know. I totally understand what you mean because mm -hmm. there's parts. It's yeah, like the actors hold this film up actually for me. I think, and that's the part that's really oh, stopping yeah. me from. from I mean, yeah, Ed, Ed Harris more. does uh, absolutely because Ed Harris does a decent job. I mean, he's he's not my favorite actor in the world, but he he. he he does this film well, and I, I can perfectly see that he, he definitely lifts it um, quite substantially. Well, I try to think of the last thing I really saw him in, and every time I, I think about it, I think it was Westworld, the show. Oh, I still haven't seen that yet. Yeah, he's in. He's a very prominent character in that show. Um, I think I'm going to go with two stars as well, honestly. Yeah, yeah which is meh. Um, I didn't care right. for it, and that mm -hmm. that I think that sums up pretty well. Cause I could I could go with it just a bad score, but I I, I don't think it's really that bad. Like, no, it's it's just bland. It's it's just there's no create creativity. It's just generic. Yeah, pass the salt, cause this movie was tasteless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, we'll go into trivia, and then um, I think that's basically yeah. it. 
interested, I'm interested to hear the trivia you have for this. While I pull that up, what did you think of the underwater chase scene at the end? The underwater chase scene. Um... Oh, you know what? Before trivia, yeah. we should talk about how these films are related to each other. We completely skipped that. Oh yeah, they're they're both. They so, both. Yeah, they both are about oil rigs. That's what you yeah. said. Um... Yeah. So they they both have i i think there's a little bit more to them it, it is an interesting watch because you can get those similarities when you're watching them almost back to back and i encourage mm -hmm. everybody the point of this show is really to like have these interesting double features if you want to do it in one go or if you want to do it like one day and then the next day do that yeah. um but yeah you have the oil rig uh there's a different so with this one there's a difference in the oil rig isn't responsible for the accident in uh, the abyss. The oil no, rig is responsible for the disasters that happen in Sorcerer. Mm -hmm. But they both require a crew of unexperienced uh, team, like not experienced for what they really have to do to go and retrieve or rescue in a very harsh environment. Um, right. One is underwater where you have to really make sure that you know you're not going to drown and then the other one is the jungle uh where you're driving basically on the the, the worst roads in the world mm -hmm. exactly. um, and and as well they're all they're both promised uh in both films they're they're promised a really hefty paycheck um but it it, it most i i think a lot of the people in the abyss there's not as many casualties obviously in sorcerer you know but yeah <laughs> yeah so those are the similarities there's way more um we mentioned one of them while we we're talking earlier um but there, there there's probably more that you can find uh and if you do find them uh, feel free to come back and comment yeah you. yeah please do we'd love um, to hear your thoughts on that yeah definitely so anyway some of the trivia is do you remember that scene with the mouse uh, yes, yes. Where the... they, they put it in the water. Right, yeah. Poor little mouse. Um, anyways, that was real oxygenated fluorocarbon fluid. Oh, that's a thing? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it is. So they put the... the so they had a guy, Dr. Uh, Johannes, um, and they, mm -hmm. they had him rig up a machine that could properly do that. Um, wow. And they put that in the film that scene but there was a lot of weird cuts in that scene i didn't really notice because i think the whole huh. movie was kind of a little, little bit weird cut but they had to cut out a lot of uh it because the the rat was kind of shitting itself while oh. it was in there because it was scared to death but uh, oh. it did work uh, and the rat was fine so anyone who's listening because i i'm one of those yeah. people i don't like any animals being harmed in films uh, another Poor thing rat. is <laughs> Ed Harris reportedly punched James Cameron in the face after he kept filming while he was nearly drowning. So oh. that <laughs> says a little bit about James Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> um, during the rigorous and problematic shoot, the cast and crew began to call the film by various derogatory names such as Son of Abyss, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Abuse, um, the uh, <laughs> that this is my favorite life's abyss and then you dive <laughs> <laughs> which i find quite quite funny oh, um, yeah. uh, mary 
apparently or reportedly suffered a physical and emotional breakdown because she was pushed so hard on set and Aird Harris had to pull over his car at one time while driving home because he burst into spontaneous crying. So I have to imagine oh, that shit. So the filming like, uh... environment was not good. Oh, no, it sounds like that. Yeah, Which kind of makes the like film it. worse in my mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's... it's uh, like, it all that like work... Kubrick. Well, that's why I said, like, I really feel most of this film is just held up by the actors. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. You know what I mean? Um, very few scenes involved stunt people. Uh, when Bud drags Lindsay back to the rig, that's really Mary oh, uh, wow. holding her breath. Uh, when the rig is being flooded and the characters are running uh, from water, drowning behind the closed doors and dodging uh, exploding parts of the rig those are all real actors, not stunt people so I don't know what what James Cameron was doing no, it sounds like he took a page from uh, Werner Herzog's uh, book I don't, I really don't have much compassion for directors who think like this it doesn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, it it's reckless it's not it's not it's not okay yeah no it's yeah they're like this perfect evidence uh with Shelley Duvall in The Shining uh, where that's never a good thing where directors push their actors too far um I might do three more here so Ed Harris was public has publicly refused to speak about his experience working on the film saying I'm not talking about the abyss and I never will Mm. um that's a, that tells a lot, actually. Yeah, it does. Uh, director James Cameron was determined to actually film major portions of the movie underwater as he felt that the conventional way of uh, to shoot such scenes, uh, slow motion filming on a set filled with smoke or in the ocean, the stunt diver, like you have stunt divers do it, um, mm-hmm. looked unconvincing. So that, I don't know. I I guess whatever James Cameron you do <laughs> it looked great you know what I will I will admit that but despite everything we said about the film all of the stuff underwater did look good yeah it did definitely um, it looked it looked authentic which which it actually which it turns out it actually was <laughs> yeah and then there's just another thing about James Cameron declared that this was the worst production he ever he was ever involved with but I don't know if James Cameron realized that that might just be his fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's there's way more. There's actually a huge list of trivial points. A lot of people will probably understand that we're just reading these off IMDb because we find them interesting, yeah. and it really says a lot more about the movie when you read this stuff. It really does, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to know a lot more, I'm probably going to read some more later. I uh, I suggest everybody else does too if they, they, they want to know how much yeah. uh, trauma everybody's <laughs> suffered through the whole thing but yeah so that's we're reaching the conclusion of uh, this episode of the podcast yeah definitely and um, uh, yeah it's been I a good just, uh, episode I, I just wanted to say uh, thanks Jenko for talking about these films with me today I, I actually had a lot yeah. of fun doing this today me too I, I enjoyed a lot uh, talking about these movies with you and uh especially sorcerer um is is something i've uh, i've been wanting to do for a while and yeah it's uh, i'm i'm very thankful for that 
Yeah, oh, uh, another thing too, guys, is we're going to, for the next episode, we're going to start doing scheduled um, episodes. It's probably yeah. going to be around the end of every month. Uh, but for this, Jar Jar and I were thinking that we might do this one uh, around the beginning of November and then do one for the end of November and then go onto a normal sort of like once a month at the end of December and then at the end of January and so on and so forth. Yes. Um, and we also would like to do a poll. I don't know if we're going to have anyone really vote on it. Hopefully. Uh, we're getting a few more followers on Twitter. But we're going yeah, to put so. up a poll of maybe three choices. And they're just going to be theme choices. So you won't know the movie. But you can pick which theme we get to go into. And uh, I think that will be a little bit more entertaining. Give something... Uh... Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, gives us a nice chance to watch something we've uh, we're, we're both completely blind on. Yeah, that, oh, definitely. Or, or something that we both uh, really love, hint, hint. Yeah, it could also be <laughs> things we both hate, <laughs> so that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, genres we both hate. Oh, God. Oh, we'll talk about that more in our private <laughs> time. Um, true. Anyways, yeah, guys, this has been fun. Uh, anyways, I'm Mac. Uh, this is uh, Critically Optimistic. <laughs> And this is critically optimistic. Yeah. You know what? Shut up, Django. I'm, I'm ending the podcast. Bye. All right. Goodbye. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Critically Optimistic, a movie review. I'm your host, Jar Jar. Wow, I fucked that up. How the hell did I fuck that up? Let's start that over. What the hell?